This is Mel Majoris. Uh, this is another episode of Radio Soup, and this is an exciting uh, interview for me because everybody knows who Casey Kasem is, and unfortunately, he had a long public battle with his uh, his wife. I put that in quotes, wife. I don't know. Uh, we're talking to his daughter, Carrie Kasem. She has a bill that's coming out, and it's already passed in 12 states, and we're talking about the bill passing in Michigan. Uh, let's. Why don't we get right into it? How are you today, Carrie? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> yes, yes. I had Carrie on uh, when, when I did another show on another radio station, and... Uh, you know, it's a small world in radio, so we're we're back at it. And this is this is very important because it's about elder care rights and elder care visitation, and making sure they're not, um, you know, taken uh, taken advantage of, which is yeah. which is huge. So let's, if anybody doesn't know what happened with your uh, father, please uh, let's tell our audience what happened. Okay, so um, this is now almost five years ago. Uh, me, my brother, my sister, we were all banned from seeing my father. And not only us, but all of his friends, all of his co-workers, his own brother, cousins, nobody could get to my dad. His phone was turned off, his staff was fired, and he was completely isolated. Wow. And the police couldn't help us. Adult Protective Services couldn't help us. Uh, the courts couldn't even help us. And nobody knows until you're going through this, which a lot of people go through, once you turn 18 years old, you have no rights to see your parents. Literally, you have oh. no rights. So if you have, yeah, if you have an uncooperative caretaker, let's say a second spouse, a third spouse, uh, a, a sibling, somebody with power of attorney, nothing you can do about it unless you have my law in your state, the case and cares visitation law. Um, so, and even that is not foolproof. So when you have an uncooperative caretaker and they've isolated your mom or dad and you know maybe the, the care isn't good or you know they're being abused the law is on the abuser's side that's crazy so i had to go through this it is it's absolutely insane uh you could have somebody appointed by the court who you've never met who your parents have never met and they will literally say to you know maybe they're in an assisted living or they're in their own home all they have to say is these people aren't allowed in that's it and yet the, the law will protect them uh now it's different if you're in a hospital or a nursing home there's the residence bill of rights and most people don't even know about this but the residence bill of rights will uh, give you some protection there you just have to prove that your mom or dad wants to see you and they have to let you in uh it's 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 been around for quite a while but that's not the same for assisted living or residential homes that's crazy. So How, we, we're, we're trying. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I, I can't even imagine for you as, you know, I know how close you were to, to your father, how his yeah. his second, it was a second wife or third wife wouldn't let you see them. And, and it was very public and just, I don't know, she went off the rails a little bit. I would just, that that's the nice way of putting it because yeah. we don't want to go anywhere with that. But, you know, it was very public. It was, and the whole world thought, well, wow, his, his new spouse is just a little off off the deep end like they wouldn't let you see him and yeah and no it's it you know she had done this to her own mother so my dad's wife jean thompson Kasem, yeah Mm -hmm. she had done this to her own mother so we had we had a heads up so in 2007 my father signed over a power of attorney over health not a state not money nothing Mm -hmm. but we knew that she was going to lock us out of his life that she was going to do everything she can 
to keep us away from him because that's what she did with all of her siblings with her mother. She uh, did not tell her siblings when her mother was gravely ill, did not tell her siblings that she had put her mother in a um, condo way far away from her that was being taken care of uh, with caretakers that couldn't even speak English, did not tell her siblings when their mother died, continued to lie that mom was okay. So we knew that she would do this to dad and, and dad agreed with us. And he, um, at that point, you know, signed over a power of attorney, even with the power of attorney, when we went to court and we pulled it out, she had a competing power of attorney that was signed in 2011. Now my father quit American top 40 in 2009 because he couldn't understand what he was reading. So you're telling me he can, he could understand new will, new estate plans, a new power of attorney in 2011 not going to happen it's complete fraud so but we had to prove that and that costs a lot of money going up against dueling powers of attorney dueling guardianships whatever that may be most people don't have enough money for a retainer let alone an entire trial fight right exactly so you know that's what this bill does is just cut through all of that and you say you know judge i want to see my mom she wants to see me. This is horrible. You know, and then the, it's the burden of proof goes on the isolator. Why are you isolating the kids? Why are you isolating all family and friends? What, you know, so it just kind of puts the burden of proof on on the the uh, the one who's perpetrating the abuse instead of the kids trying to prove that they're good kids. Right. We proved it time and time again. Uh, and even with my father saying to the court appointed um lawyer that he had to the court appointed doctor that he had to the judge himself or you know uh, he said i want to see my children so judge leslie green said to the courtroom casey Kasem wants to see his kids now go out in the hallway and figure it out she could not rule on just visitation even though my dad said emphatically he wanted to see us what um yes and this is how crazy this is because he's in a residential home so when the other spouse says, I don't want them in my house, and this person's sick, they, it, it's just, this is, inc- it's, it's crazy. The, it, it, it's, it's absolutely, the, your human rights are so violated. They're so violated. I'm an ambassador for Youth for Human Rights because I truly believe that um, education and human rights and understanding your human rights as a young adult, you really really can change the world you can change the laws you have more power so i i um i'm an ambassador for youth for human rights i speak to youth i speak to adults as well but it's so important to know that that your human rights and so i i literally uh knew that gene my brother my sister and i uh knew that my dad's wife gene would say uh that the 2007 power of attorney that my father signed over to us was fraudulent, that we were liars. She said she calls us that we were estranged, we were back for the money. Now, mind you, not once in the entire fight over my father in two years did we ever ask for money. Not once. She came The minute my father died, she came after our trust, after the will, everything. She came after everything. We never did. And in, in 2007, when he signed it over, we knew she was going to call us frauds. We knew she was going to say we were liars. We knew that she was going to say that was a fraudulent signature. So we pulled out the videotape. We videoed the entire thing and my dad's wishes. Even with that, what? the judge could not rule on visitation. Yes. How is what? People can't believe this story. I, I can't. This, it's insane. Well, even with her throwing the meat at the, uh, at the, at the, at the I think it was what, at the, uh, the press? 
She was throwing meat, raw meat at the press. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. She was throwing. I mean, she, this is just one, just her behavior, erratic, erratic behavior. Um, you know, we're trying to get my dad, who is uh, so sick. She's taken him out of a hospital. Like, so we got one visit with my dad. I, I do a law show here. I do a law radio show here in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm interviewing a woman named Martha Patterson. And after I interview her, she says, you know, you can see your dad. And I'm thinking, oh, this woman obviously doesn't know my story. She doesn't know that we've been kept from my dad for months and months and months. And we were in court battling this out. She said, um, your dad was moved to a facility, Berkeley East Convalescent Center. I said, yes, he was. And they won't let us in there either. And she said, do you know anything about the Residence Bill of Rights? And I said, no. She said, your father said out loud in court, like through his attorney, he wants to see you guys multiple times. He said that. I said, yes. Mm-hmm. He said, well, the Residence Bill of Rights says all you have to do is prove that somebody wants to see you. And if they're in a, a convalescent center or a hospital, they have to let you in or you can sue the facility. Oh. I said, what? The next day, we marched in with the Residence Bill of Rights. The court transcripts from Martha Patterson had been in court. With, she'd been following our story so closely, she was actually in court every single time we went. She marched in, and within a half an hour, I was sitting next to my dad. And my sister was there, um, my fiancé at the time, and, and my lawyers, and everybody was there. And his, his caretaker is the owner of the facility, and they were so happy that we got in to see him. They thought what, what was happening was wrong. And so we thought within wait, three hours. They didn't even know about the yeah. They didn't know about the, the Bill of Rights? They didn't know about the residence of rights. They said they were happy to let us visit him, oh. that they had no idea that that was a law. Yeah, most people don't, believe it or not. Most facilities don't. So we uh, saw him. You know, we talked with him. We He talked to my brother on Skype. My brother lives in Singapore. He talks to his brother in Michigan and his family members and friends. And as much as he could talk, he was not uh, – he could, he could say a few words here and there. It was very hard for him to form full sentences. Right. When we said, Dad, we're coming back, Dad, we're going to see you, and he goes, when? We said, tomorrow, Dad, we're going to be back every day. And at 2.30 that night, his wife uh, found out we visited my dad, went to the hospital, unplugged his feeding tube, unplugged his IVs, put him in a wheelchair. What? Against doctor's orders. Nurses begged her not to do this. The doctor said, if you do this, you could harm him or kill him. She left anyways. Stole the equipment that he was hooked up to, oh. got into an SUV, put him in an SUV, got it, she got into another SUV, and they took off. And this is when you, uh, I don't know, people might remember when it was like Casey Kasem is missing. Yes, yes, I remember that. That whole thing. Yeah. Um, and we got a note from his doctor, Dr. Paul Leitner, stating that what Gene Thompson had done Gene Thompson Kasem, mm-hmm. had done to Casey Kasem would harm him or kill him. And we showed that to the judge, and I won temporary guardianship over my father, and then it took us three weeks to find him. She had taken him to different states across America, found him in Washington State, and what, by the time I found him, uh, my guardianship was not recognized in Washington State. I had to fight all over for him. Oh, my gosh. It took me another couple weeks to get him it was like another, yeah, two weeks to get him to the hospital. And by that time, he was dying. He was actively dying. And we could do nothing to save him. And that's when you heard that we unplugged him. We, I mean, she just went on a, she just lied to, to the media, to everybody, you know, that mm-hmm. we had unplugged him for the money. This It's just, it was so heartbreaking and so disgusting and so sad. 
and, uh, and people go through this every single day. I, I mean, every day I get a call from somebody being blocked from their parent, you know. Um, so for five years now, I've gone around the country uh, trying to change the law, trying to educate. I'm in Washington, trying to go federally with a bill. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're planning so to do- that. You're yeah. planning to do Michigan soon, because that's where we're talking, but you said it's... Oh, Michigan's already in the works. It's moving awesome. forward really nicely. I'm really excited, you know. Senator Marlowe and um, Senator Marty Nolenberg have really taken the lead, and, and we've got a lot of co-sponsors, a lot of them, which I'm very happy about. Well, I, And, I, you know, if anybody's listening, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I can't imagine that there's anybody who's against this, because, I mean, your parents are... I mean, your, your parents, and... There are people against it. There are a lot of people against it. Guess what? When you can't fight over power of attorney, you can't fight over guardianship, guess who loses? Lawyers. And not all lawyers are bad because we have um, the, a lot of times, NALA, the National Association of Elder Law Attorneys, Mm -hmm. actually, one of the the guys who used to head that association wrote the bill, um, took our bill, and then put it for Michigan Code. you know, so we, we have uh, he's he's fantastic. And then we have had a lot of support. But then you find guardians with public guardians, guardians that a lot of them are lawyers and they are they are people that will come in and they if you are if you have a guardian over you, you are basically been uh, you know, you're completely incompetent. That's it, it strips you of every single civil right and every single right you have as a human being you can't vote you can't drive your bank accounts aren't yours you can't make decisions because when you're under guardianship you're supposed to be completely incapacitated but that's not what's happening they're putting people who are have capacity Mm -hmm. that are just old or sick in guardianships which should never happen but once they do that they drain you of all your money they sell your house they put you in a subpar uh, facility and um, you're dead within a hopefully you have a year or two left and then you you know they they also isolate now not all guardians are bad not at all there are some really great guardians and and guardians are needed in certain cases but we have found predatory guardians in every state and uh yeah and they're now going to jail which i'm very happy about the feds are finally seeing it the police are taking you know they're, they're, they're taking it seriously and they're seeing this we have a case in New Mexico right now. I just got um, back from New Mexico and Idaho where uh, somebody was kidnapped over state lines for two years. A man who is 93 years old who spent his entire life in New Mexico, Santa Fe, he was kidnapped to uh, put under guardianship, and then they tried to sell off all his properties. Uh, it was stopped. It was it was stopped, and we reversed the case and won everything. And, and when I say we, we, as Case and Cares, go down and we support these these people and we we go to their um sometimes we'll actually go to court with them so uh yeah it it just happens we see this all the time that's gross i can't even i can't even imagine being having that kind of mentality to want to do that to somebody you know that's gross they're not human yeah they're not human there's a movie out it's about a half an hour it's called edith and eddie uh, if you want to see what guardians do, if you want to see the cruelty uh, that that is perpetrated among the elderly when they have, I mean, it is so disgusting and it's very hard to watch, but it's two people who fell in love in their 90s or late 80s and fell in love in their 90s and what a guardian does to these people. It's so sick. It's Edith and Eddie. It was up for an Academy Award. Oh. Uh, also, another another uh, movie's coming out called The Guardians. It shows you exactly what these people do, how they use 
the elderly as human ATM machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's coming. It's getting out there. It's finally finally coming to a forefront. It's finally being exposed. And I think uh, SVU always ripped something from the headlines. They had something similar on one of their episodes a couple of years ago, I believe. Oh, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, I'm sure the movies Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at yeah. least at least a, a show like that will put that. So it was. What was the movie called again? Edith. Well, there's two. There's Edith and Eddie, and then The Guardians. The Guardians is coming out. It's not. It's not out yet. It's coming out. It's. It's about uh, this one woman, uh, April Parks. She's been all over the news. Uh, who basically uh, put elderly folks who were not incapacitated at all into guardianships, oh. sold their house. Uh, you know, um, sometimes killed their pets, but sold their sold their sold their house, sold their their clothing, their belongings, their pictures, everything. Just sold everything. They were they're left destitute. They're blocked from their families, so their families can't see them. And she she basically just over medicated, um, and they were gone. And they finally caught her. I think it's 206 felony counts of elder oh. abuse. She did this to hundreds of people. When they opened up her um, storage facility, they found more than 50 urns of, of people that she just kept and not gave to fa- She didn't give them back to family. Oh, my God. So uh, the woman that, uh, that had to go through this actually won her parents back from this, from this evil guardian. Judge is now off the bench. She helped with putting her away. And so that's what The Guardians is about, is this one family that escaped from her clutches. But they're destitute, completely destitute. Um, It's really sad. It's really sad what's happening. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. And and I'm so happy that you're doing this. I'm so happy that there's there's actually, you you know, you... Because a lot of people, I'm sure, would want to do what you do, but they don't have the resources or the... You know the famous father who people who everybody yeah. loved, everybody loved everybody knows who Casey Kasem is. You know at least if they haven't heard the story, you can tell them. And you know Casey Kasem could be anybody's dad, and this could happen to anybody. And it did. It really can. It really can, and it does. I mean, here's a big warning to families who are fighting. If you go to court to try and figure it out, please, please let be uh, let that be the last thing. The judge. What he'll do is he'll just take um, he'll assign a guardian to the family. And then the guardian who's never met your family, who doesn't know who's telling the truth, who's never met your mom or dad, will take over the care of your mom or dad. That means you have no say in the medical. You have no say where the money is spent. Every phone call will cost you. Every visit will cost you. And, and, and th- this guardian can literally isolate the individual and block visitation. And, you know, and once again, let me say this. There are really good guardians. And there are guardians appointed by the court. The guardians ad litem, the public guardians, there's some, it's very dangerous. You have to be very careful. There are so many predatory guardians. But, you know, people don't realize that. They go into the court for help, and then the situation gets worse, worse. So, you know, and this is not all guardians, but there's a lot of predatory guardians. I know I live with it every day. I get called every day with this problem. So you have it passed in 12 states, the Kasem Cares Visitation Bill. And you, how many more states yes. do you have? Nine other states are adopting a version of the bill? Yeah, nine, nine other states have adopted a version of the bill. Um, and there's going to be more that, that pass this next year. We just, we just had our second bill pass in Illinois. Uh, so that makes it two bills in Illinois, um, which is great. And we're going federal. We've been to Washington, D.C. a few times. I think I'm going back next week. 
Um, that's the plan. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> I know people say that to me all the time. Um, yeah, to get to Boise, Idaho on Monday, there were storms. I had to go from New York. We tried to land in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, or St. Paul, Minneapolis. Right. St. Paul, Minneapolis. My gosh, I have too many. I have to go to too many states. St. Paul, Minneapolis. And then um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm just so, <laughs> so tired right now. <laughs> and, then, and then we tried to land twice. There was wind shear. The wind shear wouldn't allow us to land. It was my only connection to Boise. So then we go to Madison, Wisconsin to refuel. And there's one flight, if they can get, if it's getting out of um, uh, St. Paul, to catch. And that would get me to Utah. And if I could get to Utah, (laughs) Utah, I could possibly catch a plane to Boise. And I did. I I went from from New York to uh, St. Paul to Madison, Wisconsin, to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and made it. By the grace of God, I got on a plane that had that had. Uh, that had already left supposedly the gate agent said I, I still ran all the way across the airport and I made it and it, I couldn't believe it so I got into Boise and that's like my life I'm constantly traveling but you're helping these people and that's amazing it was it was by the grace of it God is. because they knew you know he knew that you needed to help these people in Boise for sure yeah yep so you're doing a lot of good so we want this on all 50 states obviously we have 21. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, but if we go federally, then it will hit all at once. And when do we find out if it goes federally? Who's? How do we... How, well, we, we contact your care line, but who do we talk to to make it go? Yeah, federal? no. We will know. You know, we have, we have to get it picked up mm-hmm. by a um, congressman, and we already have three that are very interested. Awesome. We have to get the language together because the code for um, federal law are very different than state. So we have to rewrite the bill in federal code. And once we have that and it's you know, satisfactory and they think it might work, then we go and we say, okay, here's the bill, let's, let's do this. And then once again, we have to get it passed by the lower house than the upper house. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know the way you do the bill, but it's a lot of meetings with uh, you know committee members because the bill has to go. And it's very interesting. People don't know how bills pass. You have to you know, you go to um, the lower house, and then you have, the, and then that is in, in a state. It could be anywhere from, you know, they call them assemblymen, representatives, mm-hmm. delegates, mm-hmm. and you have to have somebody there that says, "Okay, I'll take your bill on." Now we have to go to a committee. We have to tell the committee all about your bill, and they have to say, "Okay, we'll allow it to get a vote," and they vote that out, oh and then it goes to the assembly floor, and that means all of the assembly members will vote on on your bill. So they'll vote on your bill, and then it has to go to the Senate. And the Senate does the same thing. They send it to a committee. The committee has to review it and say, okay, we think this bill is okay. Mm-hmm. Let's send it to a count with all the senators. And then they have to vote that it's a good bill. So you have, you have four votes at the minimum. Sometimes it could do more. They can send it to more committees. And then you have your bill. Now, in some states, a governor has to sign it to make it uh, legal. And some states, it's, it's you know, they, they, it's just a formality. Right. You, they can they can sign it, but it's still it's still a good bill, whether the governor signs it or not. So each state is different. It's just like that with Congress. Well, that's good. I mean, it's checks and balances, so you have to have that. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. But that must be very interesting learning about how all this works. But you're just like, pass it now so we it's, can save yes. more people. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because you go way back to, uh, you know, Schoolhouse Rock. Yes. I'm just a few, <laughs> just a few of yeah. And I go, oh my gosh, that's how it is. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I know you're super busy. So, caseomcares.org is your website. There's a line, yes. a helpline if you need any help, 949 872 0658. You know, if you're having any of these yes. problems with your parents or anybody else in your family, please call the number and uh, someone on your staff will be able to help you and put yes, you in the right please. direction. Absolutely. And also, red flags where the caretaker is starting to say, oh, they're tired, they can't come to the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can't go out this weekend. They're not feeling well, but you can't get a hold of your parent. Or the parents sound scared when they get on the phone, or they're short, or they're just, they have different behavior. Those are big red flags. Big red flags. Uh, this is something, something I tell everybody who thinks they might have this situation. There might be contention in the family, or, you know, with, with a, uh, you know, a spouse or sibling, whoever it may be. Please get your parent on. Uh, on video, on you know, on your phone, mm-hmm. it's saying if anybody in my care, when I become sick and cannot make decisions for myself, or if I, my body becomes too weak, if anyone in my care keeps me from my friends and family, they should be removed from my care immediately. Oh. And and then you name the people you want, hold up a hold up a newspaper so they know the date, uh, and then pass that video around to everyone, um, as many people as you can. It's very important. It, it, it may not you know, uh, be the end all be all bit, it will help. Right. That's good. That's, that's a good, that's very good advice. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's good advice. And yeah, pass it on to everybody. Yeah. Just so, just so people don't think you just made it and you just, you know, fake the video or whatever. So. Yes, yes, yes. And if anybody needs help, please go to caseomcares.org. Mm-hmm. We do have a helpline. We have email, we have videos that show what we do. Um, yeah. So, uh, that would, you know, we, we are the only organization that deals with this kind of abuse isolation that has a helpline. So please call. And everyone shops on Amazon. You go to Amazon Smile and you case some cares and a portion of the money goes to, to your foundation. Yes, yes, yes. Cause thank you so much. Thank you. And I know you're super busy and I'm glad you didn't get a ticket. Don't. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I'm breaking the law. <laughs> breaking the law. Um, breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> but we'll, um, yeah. you know, we'll have to have you back on once, once it goes federal. And, you know, anytime you want more PR, you know, where to, you know how to reach me. Get a hold of Dennis. Get a hold of Danny. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, thanks for okay. coming on the show. You got it. Thanks.